right, we are rolling. <laughs> Guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to Dylan and Sebastian of Simpsons podcast. I forgot the name just there for a second. Um, we're kicking it old school, like our very first episode together. We're on Zoom. Yeah, a little, little throwback. A little throwback that no one wanted or asked for. Um, <laughs> but um, yes. So, apologies if there's there's a bit of a lag or something yeah it's a natural thing that happens on on the zoom podcasts but um hey i listen to plenty of podcasts that happen over zoom they they're able to exist in the world um but yeah well, welcome to Dylan and sebastian of simpsons podcast the podcast myself and sebastian do whenever sebastian is not on a three-month holiday <laughs> so today we are jumping into the second part of the series flanders i didn't want to keep the people waiting too long it's because well personally for me it was like it was almost like we hadn't finished an episode. You know what I mean? Because it is kind of one episode. Yeah, yeah. One long episode. Which always feels extra special because the Simpsons do two parties really, really rarely. So, it's always a special fun thing when they do happen. But, yeah, we good to jump into it? Yeah, I'm ready. Mm. Um, I don't know, like, I was, I was a little bit let down. Oh, you're you are yeah. fussy, man. I love the. Well, let's well, let, let, let's jump into it. We'll get their opinions at the end, or you know, during it. Um, but yeah, we jump in. We had the the, the Simflix thing again. Uh, we get like kind of like a, I thought a, a clever little recap, kind of doing it through like Netflix scrolling through, looking at the episode descriptions. So it was uh, chapter one. Ned finds a bag full of money and does a good deed selflessly. Chapter 2, Flanders goes a courting and the debt collector comes a calling. Chapter 3, uh, kidnappers, neighbors, open marriages. What's the simple Ned to do? That was my favorite one. And then chapter 4, which is like, you know, this episode. Uh, you can't go forward without looking to the past. So we jump in. So, we, I mean, we're, we're taking pretty much directly after what happened at the end of the last episode. Marriage heads into Wiggum's office, uh, certain that the man who... Um, who calls the shootout took Homer and thinks Ned may have something to do with it. Uh, he's but, but, but Wiggum is too concerned of what happened uh, to Fat Tony, um, and he, we actually actually get a picture of I, I I forgot about that of like what he looked like after being turned into a donut, and it's so grim. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was funny, but he almost ruined it. Yeah, it was kind of, I agree, yeah, it was kind of better, surely that was the point that we weren't seeing it, so we had to kind of create that ourselves. It's like the way they don't show the shark in Jaws, you know? Yeah. Weird comparison, but kind of similar. Um, yeah, it, 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 they kind of ruined it, because obviously it has to be somewhat family friendly, so they didn't make it too grotesque, but the it was kind of just like colourful and fluffy. Um Whereas the image that they were in my head from hearing it happen was so much more graphic and worse, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I love William Slimer. He's like, oh, look what happened to my gumba. I'll never eat a donut again. And it comes to marriage and it comes back to him and he's eating a donut. But he doesn't seem to quite realize that he's eating a donut. <laughs> he just is. But, uh, yeah, then, then he leaves. He, he quits the force, feeling that he's not uh, manly enough for this case. And he goes to Marge, uh, if you see Lou, tell him Eddie's, in, Eddie's chief now. And uh, Marge sees, um, from, like, kind of CCTV footage, that Costas was uh, driving the, the rich Texan's car, and she checks his address. We then cut to, unlike the police system, she checks the address. We cut to Ned at the house. He's saying that he doesn't know what to do about Homer. Uh, says he can't uh, start a GoFundMe for a kidnapping because there's already uh, too many of those already. And uh, he asks his dead grandfather what he would do. And we uh, zoom into chapter four. Oh, tree money, where art thou? We go back to the past. Uh, again, you know, Ned is a kid. Uh, Grandpa Flanders is uh, getting a trim in the barbers as the Sizzlax walk in. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. We rarely see any of Moe's relatives. That was a particularly interesting one, seeing Moe's grandfather from the 70s. Like, um, But they walk into the bar and said it would, it'd be a pity if Grandpa Flanders got his, got his uh, head sliced open. And he urges the young Ned to leave as he takes care of them. And after Ned leaves, the Sizzlax give give um, 
Grandpa Flanders money and he says that he loves the smell of a good bribe saying he doesn't uh, care what they sell as long as he gets get some cash and then he's like you know i have a reputation to maintain uh you mind if i throw one of your brothers out the window and most oh no problem uh, throws him out and uh, ned calls him the as in young ned, young ned flanders calls him the most noble man he knows and his grandpa's like yes i am neddy we then get a montage of him smoking weed doing cocaine and licking toad and uh Sizlak tells him to go easy on the toad as it's time for him to earn his keep uh, they then arrive outside a very dingy motel, and these men, uh, the Sizzlax Sizz are, are um, in partnership with Reveal a Pan Am bag containing $176,000, which is obviously the money, the bag of money that they found at the beginning of the, of the first part. Um, and I love uh, Gram or the, Moe's grandfather's line where he's like, that's even more money uh, right now in the early 70s. Uh, which begs the question, why would we share it? And they all uh, take guns out and Flanders warns that the the littlest thing could cause gunfire. And then a young mole man goes out to get ice, but the machine's out of order. And he goes, oh, shoot. And then they all start shooting. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Flanders goes under the car and prays that if... Um, that if God saves him, he promises to be a man his grandson can aspire to. And he comes out and everyone's dead, apart from him and Moe's grandfather. And uh, he's like, oh, my, my entire family dead. And then Flanders shoots him. And he's like, sorry, God, but hey, you can only condemn me to hell once. Like, I don't, I, I really liked how, like, they made him a genuinely flawed guy. It was so interesting, just one would assume it's an interesting origin because obviously this man raised ned to be a good noble man and like it makes sense that the way he raised ned would define who he is now but it's like he was lying to him you know i i thought it was really interesting but yeah then then the police arrive and uh he hides the money in a tree and then costas appears who was obviously part who's obviously with these men with the guns that he survived um he appears demanding the money and vanders says uh if if he goes easy, no one will get hurt. And he slips in ice, and it's like really cartoonish and stupid. And uh, he eventually falls like right into his knife. And Costas is like, "Oh damn, it's so frustrating!" Because he didn't get to find out where the money was, obviously. And uh, then the cops uh, slam into a tr the tree, which falls over a cliff and into the forest, which obviously sets up where the money is at the beginning of the first episode. And we we didn't pan out to are Flanders in, in, in the present time staring at the plaque uh, made out made out in his father's his grandfather's uh, donation and Flanders says in order to save his friend he has to do the least noble thing rob from orphans we didn't get chapter 5 oof da which I did not understand what the hell did that mean <laughs> do you notice that the name of the fifth chapter was oof da I don't remember that no um... I don't know what it means. No idea. It, it was like U-F-D-A-A exclamation mark. I don't think it's a word. I think it's kind of like an expression, like like a sound, like oof, ah, like something like that. But yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. I was very confused. Um, but yeah, uh, Seamus, so this is Homer uh, in, in, in the house where he's tied up with those henchmen. Uh, Seamus, Chris O'Dowd's character, is leaving rose petals uh, leading to the master bathroom. Um... Well, Colette, the French lady, is chopping furiously, and it's revealed that they that they're a married couple, and it's their ten year anniversary. Uh, but Seamus wouldn't take her on a trip because they had um, ha had work, and uh, he goes in order to. She's clearly you know very angry, like furiously chopping onions, and uh, Chris O'Dell is like, in order to afford trips, we have to accept jobs. That's called math, darling. And uh, Homer tries to like kind of stir the pot while he's trying to. Also using Colette's axe to try and get himself out off the rope. Um, so he's distracting them, saying that, like, oh, the best marital advice he ever got is to always say what you're thinking. And uh, Seamus says she's getting more like her mother uh, day by day. And she says she's... Or she says that he, uh, that, she, that his mother is ten times uh, the, the better hired killer than he is. Uh, and they start fighting. And Homer's like, you, you tell her, Irish guy. <laughs> uh, go for the eyes, Frenchie, and um, and he's like, "Oh, wh whoever wins was was uh, right all along." 
Oh yeah, a, a fire starts um, forming from Colette's, uh, Colette's cooking that she that she kind of forgot about, obviously. And Homer tries to tell them about the fire, but they're literally taking no notice somehow. There's a blaze of fire forming around them, and um, and Homer's like, yeah, I, I I think we should focus on achievable goals, like uh, putting this putting this fire out and Colette grabs a fire extinguisher and he's like oh phew and she just hit, hits Seamus in the head and he's like go um and they're staring into one another's eyes and uh they remember how much they love each other and they start kissing and uh Homer's sex advice that maybe they should uh flee the house before something happens and then the bathtub falls on them I think one of my favorite moments of the whole episode is the bathtub wasn't half of them. Fire forms around the bathtub. And Homer just goes, you guys okay? <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> loved it. But the, yeah, Flanders breaks into um, the orphanage and takes the money. And um, then Barb walks in. And uh, he immediately, you know, he has to make something up. So he pretends that uh, he couldn't stop thinking about her. He, he couldn't get that spiffing body off his mind. And, and Barb goes, ooh, yumpin' yiminy. <laughs> and uh, also great line is you know, Ned starts kissing her on the table and obviously about to have sexual intercourse. And then he goes, uh, I haven't been able to get that spiffy bond of yours out of my dang diddly mind. Yeah, the Homer is rescued by Marge. Um, she she pulls him out of the fire, and Homer says that he'll never be selfish again. And uh, we cut back to the orphanage after sex. Uh, Barb goes to get them grape soda, and then Ned takes the money. Um, and he's like, "It'll be worth it to know Homer is safe." Uh, he is. A, he's, he's in the car, and he passes Marge and Homer in the car, and. He shot that 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 shot. I shot. It's cartoon. It it was made to look like a shot, like in a movie of, of like Ned and Homer looking at each other as they're passing in the car. I thought that was so good. It just looked so cool. Um, but then yeah, Barb throws a an American flag to the car, which I thought was a nice little detail as well because that was obviously like we were told that she was a javelin thrower. Um, so yeah, she throws that to car. Um, Homer tries to save him uh, until, until he, he runs to the car and spots the Pan Am bag and, and the money, obviously. And he grabs it as the car catches on fire and he burns his hand. And uh, Ned faints to the floor. Uh, Homer doesn't give a crap. He starts kissing the money. And you pan over and see the marriage has seen all of this. And she's like, you're... you're... Oh, Homer, Homer's like, you're, you're finally mine. And uh, marriage is like, I'm married to the most selfish man in the world. And Barb and a couple of other Springfielders kind of see all this happen. And she urges Springfield to praise Homer for saving uh, the orphan money from Ned with the, uh, with the, with the burdens proving that he's a hero. Um, and she's like, oh, not, not, not like that, uh, that snake Ned Flanders. He stole this money after trying to seduce me out of, uh, from my happily closed marriage with Sideshow Sa Mel. And Sideshow Mel's like... Oh, that monster, where is he? So that I might thrush him. And he's like, he, he's right over. We see that he's gone. We see, we cut to Ned hiding in, in, in an alleyway. He gets a call from Costas, um, who says that he's going to come for his money when he least expects as he watches the house burn down <laughs> wearing sunglasses. Pretty, pretty sick shot. Um, and Ned's like, well, you mean you're coming now? He's like, no, not now. I was like, well, saying not now makes... Uh, Makes me expect expect it more. It's like this is the this is this is the one time you shouldn't expect it. We then loved this um this this time jump. Thought it was really cool and different and not Simpsons like we we caught to three years later. Um, Homer is deemed the hero around the town and for some reason decided to start a mechanic business <laughs> um, and, and mechanics and car dealership business uh, but it, it does really well because everyone wants to get their car fixed by a hero um, we see Otto taking a photo a selfie with his with his gnarly bird marks and Helen asks Mars what it's like to be married to the most beloved man in Springfield and she's like every day is better than the last but obviously we know she saw the selfish act he did and stuff like that. We know that 
this is all an actor putting on to obviously run a successful business. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the, the customers leave the shop and uh, Marriage and Home are both like holding each other. And as soon as the customers leave, Marriage like pushes him away. And we get uh, chapter six, the final chapter, uh, the darker, the black. Uh, yeah, she pushes, pushes him away and says this, um, she says she, she'll never forget her, him choosing uh, the money over saving Ned, Ned's life and says she would have left him if it wasn't for the kids. Again, just like the stakes here were so like properly dramatic and like there was no comedic value to them at all. It was just like actual like dramatic kind of tension between marriage and Homer. I really, really liked it. Um, it, it didn't hold back. Like it, it went as dark as dark as possible. Um, but yes, yeah, she says she would have left him if not for the kids. Then Bart enters in in, in a scout uniform um, that he earned uh, for being polite. Or sorry, he, he has a badge that he says that he earned for being polite on social media. Um, and he says he's proud to be half hero and gives Homer a hug. And then Lisa comes in saying that she got 80 RSVPs for her birthday party, but they're all probably uh, people who just want to meet Homer. Um, and Bart shows that they got a card from Wyoming, a, a blank card, like n no no writing on it. And uh, Homer says it, 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 it's nothing to take no notice of it. We didn't call to him driving away. Um, we get a bit of graffiti. We see there's like graffiti and like uh, Fanner's his house is, is trashed. My favorite detail of the, gra the graffiti on the house is one bit said, uh, gosh darn pervert, don't you know? Which is obviously written by Barb. <laughs> So we get like a montage of, a very Fargo-esque montage of Homer uh, driving away. Uh, he switches cars and puts on a fake wig. And yeah, it's a montage of him going into multiple cars and wearing different uh, different costumes. At one point he's Evil Knievel. Another point he's dressed as the Monopoly Man. And obviously the best one, him in a mari <laughs> dressed as a mariachi man on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> He then arrives to um, Flanders' new place in Wyoming. Um, he he go, goes through the woods to find the house, and Rod and Todd are both like they were guns. And he's like, "Don't don't shoot you little weirdos!" And they're both a little older. They have a bit of stubble now. Um, and uh, Homer's or not Homer, Ned is like big, big and bushy. We see we find out that Homer has been um, like Ned's lifeline, bringing food, drink, and books that he thinks Ned would like. And he takes out a book of like. The Motley Crew's biography, and he's like, they sure were a Motley Crew. <laughs> uh, Ned, Ned confesses that the money uh, made sinners out of all of them, and that he he wanted people to know that he made that donation. And then Homer hugs him, and he's like, we're both terrible, equally. Um, we then hear someone breaking into the house, and uh, Ned's like, he, he tracked you, and Homer's like, no, I took all the precautions, even the mariachi Ferris wheel. And we find out that it's marriage. And she's like, it, also a brilliant line, where she's like, is What is it, Homer? A mistress? A secret family? You better not be a sports podcaster. She's, she's, she's impressed to see what Homer did. And she's like, that's the most selfish thing you've ever done. As in, like, you know, taking care of Ned and um, providing food and and drink for them and stuff. Um, and we, we didn't find out that Costas followed marriage. And uh, they flee... And they're like running through the, the snowy wilderness. So again, you know, it's getting more and more kind of like uh, tonally similar to, to Fargo. Um, Marge says that um, if, if, they, if they die, she just wants Homer to know that she loves him. But Ned says that won't, uh, he won't let that happen. Then Costas follows Ned into, um, in, into like an icy lake. I can't, I don't know what I wrote there. Oh yeah, but, but, but before he goes to shoot him, he um, he crosses his name off the list and he goes, ah, balance. And Ned's like, this is all about balance? And then he jumps into that same monologue that he was about to jump into in the last episode before Factoni interrupted him. He's like, you know, did you ever hear the tale of um, Lucifer and the Millipede? And then it starts like fast, fast forwarding and it's just, Cuts to him, uh, Brian Cox's character being like, the end. And then Ned tells him to just kill him already, as he deserves it, for being a sinner and a disappointment to his grandfather, Flanders. And Costa tells him his grandfather was a, a 
as dirty as a as a hobo's handkerchief and ned grabs his book and throws it into the ice and um Cassis runs into the ice falling to his death as ned washes on i kind of like the detail it didn't become that clear until this last scene but like, i kind of like the detail that like he's kind of ocd as in Costas, and that's the whole reason why he was trying to get his first ever deal settled and stuff like that. So he just needed the balance of having that crossed off on his his book. And then just, he was willing to kill himself just to get access to that notebook again. And he did kill himself. Um yeah, Ned just watches him watches him die and we get a final montage of which again is is, is super Fargo. A final montage of uh, the family watching Bart receive a Boy Scouts badge. Uh, Wiggum, he's like eating donuts reluctantly at Lard Lad while watching while looking at a framed photo of Fat Tony. Um, we see Snake giving a sermon, which is a detail we were given a little earlier on when Homer and Ned were talking. He just says that like the the jailbird's gone re- religious now for some reason. Um, uh, the sea captain is uh, in bed with Barb, putting his clothes back on, uh, clearly after having sex with her, and he's staring at a photo of her and Mel. And um, the final, oh no, sorry, two two more shots. Ned, Rod, and Todd, uh, they're fixing up the, the, the old house, obviously moving back in. And the final shot, I thought it was a nice way to end, it was just Marriage and Homer putting their beds back together, and uh, they kiss, and it's all, all has been made up. And uh, yeah, you do some talking now. You know when you watch an episode of something, like, you probably don't have it with The Simpsons because you like almost all of it, but you watch it and you just, sometimes you can't even, like, theoretically explain why you didn't like it, you just didn't quite catch on to it or just enjoy it. Yeah, I I get that, like, are you kind of saying, like, in a way, like, you wanted to like it and you could... You knew that it was good, but you just didn't, it didn't quite register with you? Because usually the first part of a two-parter is the worst part. And I felt like the first part, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it that much, but I still enjoyed it. But I knew it was sort of saving it for something big. Mm. This, this felt... It didn't feel like a Simpsons episode. And I get they were going for a different like um, a different sort of approach on this episode but it didn't hit it wasn't funny I didn't find it very funny there were only like a few funny moments but they were more like witty and clever than smart um, than funny (laughs) okay Um, (laughs) they were more clever than uh, smart no no (laughs) clever than funny right right Um, intellectually (laughs) funny rather than like haha funny yeah and I as a Simpsons episode, I mean, I like Fargo and I like these sorts of shows. I love Fargo. For a Simpsons episode, it's not for me. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, the fact that they don't really make it clear whether it's part of the actual Simpsons timeline or not. It's it's definitely not because more. Homer has those burn marks and stuff. So obviously, yeah, he's not going to have that in the next episode. Like, um, Which I, I liked that. That was a funny part. How Homer. Uh, it's it's funny that Homer would almost lose his arm just to like take some money. I know, yeah, he literally was a, a burning fire. Ned could have died <laughs> just for that money. I thought that whole the whole thing, the, the way it looked, like it, it looked like it could have been filmed. You know, I th- thought the way that was done, I know what you mean. the way it was animated, was so good. Especially the shot of um, when Homer's car is passing Ned's and they're both like looking at her. I just thought it looked so beautiful. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought sorry, this image was very powerful of them, like of the fact that Homer's like holding this pole with an American flag and the money yeah. at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess that's a bit of a statement, mm. um, you know, which is cool. But really, True. I wasn't a fan, and I know you're going to disagree. Oh, com- yeah, completely. <laughs> that's fine. Um, it worries me because I feel like, and I haven't seen the whole season yet, but I feel like this is. I think I think this this is peak like later season Simpsons. Yeah. I think this is fucking. I think this is. I think this was incre- an incredible two character. I'm worried I'm gonna personally. come out this season and be like, yeah, this this the new Simpsons didn't change my opinion. I think your standards are getting too high. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I keep watching the old ones. 
Yeah, we need to... Whatever. Um, <laughs> um, personally, I really, really liked... I, th I thought this... Um, I thought this... Um, th the second part was way better than the first person. Maybe not way better. I, I thought it was better. I thought it... Um, it built on and gave you what you would you would want from that first part. Personally, for me, and, and doubled that. I did a lot of stuff I didn't expect. The three years later thing I really enjoyed. That 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 was very unusual for the Simpsons. I agree with you. It doesn't feel like a regular Simpsons episode, but I don't mind that. I mean, we have, you know, thirty three years of of content. Ninety five percent of the time, the show is totally what you want it to be. I don't mind every now and again when they do something completely different like this. I, I, I always I always respect it. Um, and I really like what they did with this. Um, but yeah, going into what I had written down, I said it was a... Um, and I'm, I'm really surprised actually. I really thought you would have liked this. But anyway, um, I said it was a grounded, interesting, and um, heartfelt story in all the, all the right ways while still also maintaining the show's unique sense of humor. I said it achieved something who shot Mr. Burns couldn't even achieve, uh, in that the second part was better than the first. So it was a truly unique Simpsons like no other. Uh, its story was engaging in a unique way, and it did an amazing job of borrowing from Fargo, but doing its own unique thing with it. Uh, I said a serious Flanders was a very worthy two-parter, and um, while... Uh, without, 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 without being a highlight of the 33rd, the 33rd season, uh, for me, proving that the show still has fresh and unique stories to tell. And I gave it a 9 out of 10. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you really enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it. I saw this episode three times. I saw it once just as, as, as a casual viewing. And then when I'm doing for the podcast, I always watch it twice. Um... And I found something new from every time. I, I, I thought it was... Yeah, I just thought it was really good storytelling. I just... I appreciate that it, that it did something cool and unique. Yeah. I definitely know what you're saying, that the gags were more, like, intellectually interesting than they were. Like, ha-ha-ha. Um, but again, yeah, I didn't mind that. I, 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 I respected and thought it it succeeded in what it was doing, in, in, in the different did thing you, it was doing. You know when um, when Flanders was up in the cabin? Mm-hmm. Were you at any point thinking of Breaking Bad? No, actually, I, I, okay. I, but when I saw Ned, I, I was like, he reminds me of someone. That that's exactly it. He looks like Walter at the yeah. at the end of when Breaking Bad. Yeah. I wonder was that intentional? Probably not. But yeah, he looked a hell of a lot like him. Yeah, good observation. <laughs> I guess even, even like I think I've been harsh. Yeah. So I've been harsh because um, it's not like I really dislike this. Um, mm. I'm just better at pointing out the bad things and the good things, but I, I still I still enjoyed watching it. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm -hmm. um, I think just, <laughs> I guess for me, me it's not what I look for in The Simpsons. Can I just say, you know, what you just said I'm better at pointing out bad things and good things. That sounds like an incredibly negative trait. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe you want to work on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be a good critic. <laughs> You're Mark Caramode and I'm Simon Mayo, I guess. But maybe I'm looking at it from a standpoint of I'm expecting... Maybe I shouldn't be expecting a certain standard of when I'm watching it and just go into a fresh mind every time. Because yeah. I think that's sort of... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think that. This, the same way you wouldn't watch like an episode in season 5 comparing it to an episode in season 7. You know what I mean? It's just like... The show's going on for so long, they have different writers, different producers, different everything. Obviously, well, they have some of the same people, but most of the team is different. Like, And it's just, it, when shows go on for a long time, they have to change. So it's like, that's the thing that annoys me about the whole debate of um, the show's not what it used to be. It was like, yeah, it's different because it has to be different. If it stayed the exact same way, it, I, I think it would be more, I think I think it would be less if, interesting. If it you know, the same way forever then we'd have a whole group of people saying they never tried anything new. Never... Exactly, exactly. Whereas instead you have a group of people saying, you know, oh, they're, they're trying different things all the time. I, I like the old Simpsons. It's just like people are never happy, <laughs> basically. But um, yeah, Mike, Mike Reese, one of the writers in the show, his autobiography that I mentioned a lot in the podcast that I love, but he, he made a great point of like, when the show goes on for a really long time, it has to either get 
it, it, it either gets boring or it gets weird. I think The Simpsons is an example of a show that got weird. Because, like, it, it goes on for so long that, like, the, the stories they tell have to be a little weirder because they've done all the conventional stuff you can do with those characters. You know what I mean? Um, I think that definitely shows in, like, you know, the, the super later seasons. You look at shows like South Park as well, like... I mean, all the South Park ideas have always been pretty weird, but, like... Yeah. Especially the newer ones. Absurd. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely absurd. Like the dad owns a, a weed farm now, and the episode that was set in in China when he's hanging out with Mickey Mouse, Winnie the Pooh. Like, yeah, it's just absolute insanity because they're on like their I think they're on twenty fourth, twenty fifth season now. So it's just like the only stories they can now tell with those characters have to be weird stuff because they've done the more kind of cliche stuff you could do with. A group of kids living in a small backwards town you know what i mean it has to it has to get weirder but um yeah yeah uh, well we well what is your what, what was your final rating be i don't think you gave a rating um i i'm gonna be i'm gonna be open-minded and say yeah. six okay you gave the first part a 7.5 i remember so what would like I guess a seven, maybe a six point five of like the whole six, thing together. I guess, yeah, I suppose the six ties in with the first part because this may be disappointing. So I guess a seven overall. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but did you think like I don't know personally for me it was like I thought everything I would have wanted from the second part happened. It was like did did you find it disappointing? Like were you let down by the second part? Yeah, I was. Okay. To, to be honest, it didn't go in the direction I was expecting, and yeah, but, which isn't always a bad I, thing, I though. Sorry, which isn't always a bad thing when it, when it doesn't go in the direction no, you expect. No. Yeah, I, I I say this all the time about the old episodes, so I don't want to sound like um, I repeat myself all the time, but mm. it just there's always so much going on, and it sure. always feels like they're packing up, packing too much in. Sure, sure. I mean, I I I, I definitely would agree that um. Other episodes have that problem, and, and I mean there is, there is a lot going on in in, in the serious landers, of course. But I I, I thought it, it it managed to be grounded while still having all this crazy lunacy going on. Like it still it was very much Ned's story, which I loved. Um, but it, it it was a very unique story to push him kind of as the everyman Willem Dafoe type character. Um, probably more so similar to Martin Freeman's character in the first season of Fargo. Um. Well, come to think of it, Ned is very similar to Walter White. Oh, definitely. I mean, in the first season yeah. of Breaking Bad, he looks just like Ned yeah. Flanders. <laughs> he is, he is like, he is the the goody two shoes Walter right, for sure. They have they're super similar in 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 that regard. Even like the way that they the way that they follow their kids and stuff like that are quite similar. And we and we saw we saw the bad side of him come out a bit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, him being flawed, and but still in, in his Ned way, where he's still actually a pretty good guy, but in his head, he's a terrible person. Um, which, again, was one of my favourite moments when he's, when, he's, when Homer's hugging him, being like, oh, we're both terrible, equally. Um, but yeah, fair enough, look, it, 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 it happens, obviously. I'm not going to slate you for <laughs> having an opinion that's different from mine. Um, yeah, personally, I think this is probably the most we've ever d- disagreed. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of this two-parter being like, this was a unique special simpsons that i really respected and enjoyed and you're coming out of a bit, a bit more like yeah they tried something different and i wasn't really for it just you know you yeah. prefer it when it's at its regular tone and that's fair enough um but yeah let, 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 let us continue on uh with our with our segments so what do we have next news news let's get a bit of news Live from London City, well, a little bit outside of London City, it's Simpsons News! Only one piece of news this week, but a, a very good one. Um, so do you remember maybe two or three podcasts ago where I was talking about like um, how animation producers on The Simpsons, Family Guy, and American Dad were forming a union? Oh, yeah. Because they, they weren't getting protected the same way like... Animators and writers and stuff do? Yeah, so basically 20th Century Fox Animation um, have agreed to recognize animation producers as part of a guild, officially making them union-protected workers. Uh, this protects the right of animation producers on The Simpsons, Family Guy, and American Dad. So it actually worked. 
I was, Sorry, yeah, yeah cause when I was talking about it a couple of podcasts ago, I wasn't hopeful because usually when you hear about stuff like that happening, it leads to them losing their jobs and uh, the studio kind of making a point of, well, if you don't want this job, we can get somebody else who does want this job uh, and we could even pay them less. You know what I mean? It's just usually the the, the the little guy doesn't win in situations like that. So it's, just, it's nice to see that they actually listened and, and formed the guild and that they're actually being protected properly. Um, I was just, I was glad to hear that, that that worked out, you know. But yeah, that was the one piece of news. Shall we jump into Civs Classics? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, definition of a classic because, I mean, it's not even like it's a, a god tier legendary episode. It just is plain and simple a classic Simpsons episode. Fantastic, yeah. The- um, I, yeah, I went for Homer's Enemy, mm-hmm. and I. This, it, the way it's classic is it just it's that formula where it's introduce new character yeah um, and then they have their like whole arc but what I loved was like this guy is the polar opposite to Homer yeah 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 in every single way <laughs> I just find it hilarious because it's almost like what we're th- he's like what we're thinking when we're watching it 100% we Homer but we're always like how does he get away with this? Yeah, yeah. He, he's almost a viewer in a way. <laughs> totally. That that was exactly... So, season seven and eight, the show was showrun by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Their era of the show was my favorite. But they would always like create like a concept that they wanted to see in, 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 in an episode. And one concept was they wanted to see someone from the real world encountering Homer Simpson. So that's, that, that was their setup that ended up being Homer's enemy. So, like, yeah, Frank Grimes is literally a real person experiencing Springfield and, and Homer-like, basically, yeah. And I, I, I love, like, how he's had this, like, the worst life ever. I know. And I couldn't I couldn't see it getting much worse until he literally got the worst ending you could have ever <laughs> I know. It's so dark. Uh, it's the worst ending possible because he dies because he's trying to imitate Homer. I know. And his funeral, no one cares about because Homer's made a joke. <laughs> because he falls asleep. I genuinely, well, the first time I watched this episode, my I, like, I my mouth was open a bit at the end. I was like, oh my god, they just did that. I know it's so dark. Like this man had such a horrible arc. Like he was so hardworking, but he didn't reap the rewards of it. Um, but he he still he never gave up. And then just like seeing Homer achieving so much, but not being not being hardworking, being lazy and, and stupid. And then, yeah, tries to be like. Yeah. <laughs> it's the classic. It's the classic stuff of like. I guess they're one of the, the first costumes to do it, but you see it so much now. Where it's mm. like the boss thinks this guy's perfect, and then, but he's always causing trouble. Yeah. And then if he does something once, he realizes, and then he's in trouble. For that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mister Burns cut his pay and put, put him on a final warning because because. Of, my favorite, one of my favorite bits, when he's about to drink the acid, yeah. <laughs> Frank Grimes throws it away and is like, "You were about to drink sulfuric acid, like you know, you you could have died just there." And Homer just smiles at him. <laughs> my favorite bit was probably the um, the power plant contest. Oh, so funny! Yeah, you've got you've got one really terrible one. You've mm-hmm. got this amazing one. But then Homer just recreates terribly the, the <laughs> same power plant and wins. Yeah, yeah. All, all he added was um, yeah. <laughs> a windmill and uh, a, this, this, uh, this cool uh, stripe uh, <laughs> I thought represented something. And this person just like, yes, that's perfect. First prize. <laughs> and then that's when, that's when Grimes, uh, when he freaks out. I also loved it when he goes to the house. <laughs> And he's just freaking out over how beautiful the house is. It's like you have a gorgeous wife, a daughter with a high IQ, a son that owns a factory. Um, and he sees the pictures on the wall of like him meeting Gerald Ford, him, was it him going to space? And he's like, You've been to space? Oh, with the smashing pumpkins, yeah, yeah. He's like, You've been to space? And Homer's like, You've never been? <laughs> that made me realize as well like if homer existed he would be the most famous man on the planet <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he's been space he's 
you know, he's 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 a, had a band that won a Grammy Award. <laughs> like he's, he's been famous from so many different things. Um, I love that moment just because it just kind of like solidifies like all these things actually happened and it is. All, all of this is canon, and Homer Simpson has done all these insane things. Um, speaking of the factory, I think that side story is so underrated. I love that side story. It's one of my favorites of the whole show. Right? I love it, yeah. For people who might not remember it, it's, it, yeah. it doesn't get a lot of... It doesn't get recognized so much just because it's the main story is so good and so famous. It's a bad, like, buys a factory for, like, right. one book. Um... And he, he doesn't do anything with the factory. He's, he's just running it with, with Millhouse. Um, it's like it's nothing happens in it, but it's, it's kind of golden for that reason. Well, my favorite, one of my favorite bits is when Millhouse Bart makes Millhouse do like security for the night. Yeah, and then Millhouse is like, "Oh well, still better than my dad." <laughs> yeah, it's still more successful than my dad. <laughs> he makes coffee for himself in the machine. Like a mouse comes out, and he, he doesn't even take any notice of it, and just drinks the coffee anyway. <laughs> and then the building goes down, and Bart's like, "What the hell happened? I put you on night watch." He's like, "I watched it. First, it started to fell over, then it fell over." <laughs> so good. Just to, to so jump. I think... Sorry, I know. Oh, yeah, just just to jump to the start of the episode. I I just love the whole kind of like sequences of like Frank Grimes getting like more and more frustrated with Homer because he eats his lunch first of all <laughs> he's nibbling on his pencils and he goes into the nuclear in, in, into Homer's like li little safety technician space and he's just like using his pencils as like cotton buds <laughs> for his ears um and what was the other bit? Oh yeah, when, when he's like trying to take it, trying to take his pencils, and, he's, and Frank's like, "No, you can't have those." And he's like, "Can Lenny have it?" No. <laughs> so stupid. I think it, it would be. I, I I can't get it. I will have to rate this a nine point five. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I, I wouldn't give it a ten out of ten, but it's super right. close. Yeah, I I give it a nine point five as well. Totally. I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put in the top ten of the show. I'd probably, probably top top twenty. Definitely top thirty. Really? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah. Golden, golden episode. So good. So unique. Like there never will be any other episode like it. Like it's, it's just, it's so special. It's so its own thing. And I, I think easily, at the top of my head, probably my favorite one soft character. And he'll always be one soft because he dies. You know. Um, Mm. But yeah, okay, continuing on. Um so yeah, my my impression of the week. Um I decided to do Disco's shoes since he he passes away in this in this two-parter. So as usual, uh four quotes, one is not the character. So yeah, Disco shoe. Did you know that disco sales went up 100% in the year 1976? If these trends continue, hey. Um it's all I've talked about for so long, people think I'm a one-note guy. Um, I got some uzu for tuzu. And the final quote, Some people tap their feet, some people snap their fingers, and some people sway back and forth. I'm gonna go with the second one. The second one, which was, It's all I talked about for so long, people think I'm a one-note guy. Yeah. It was the last one, the, the swaying back and oh. forth one. That's actually a quote from Elvis, Elvis Presley. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the one you just mentioned, one of my favorite disco few quotes. I can't remember what the episode was, but it's like they're watching like a taxi cab's confession thing on TV and like disco shoes on and he's getting so upset over like how stereotyped he is as like the disco guy. And it's just like, it's all I ever talked about. People think I'm such a one-note guy. <laughs> it's a great quote because he is probably... The most one-note character in the whole show. He likes disco, and that's it. That is all there is to his character. He's actually a character I'd love to see, like, a whole episode dedicated to someday. Like, give us his origins or something. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that'd be so interesting, because there's nothing to his character. But yeah, continuing on with a bit of quivia. So yeah, two pieces of trivia, and then we'll do the quiz. Um... I just saw this last day because you mentioned like the thing about like Maggie being scanned in the opening credits. So I, I looked up some, some trivia about that. So when Maggie gets scanned, uh, 
$847.63 pops up on the till, which in 1989, this was the rough monthly costs for having a child. Which I never knew. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. You know what they should do? Change it. I mean, it's too late now for them to do this, but they should have done it back then. Yeah. Was always make that price go up in accordance to inflation. They should have, yeah. No, I, I, I thought that. I thought that as I was reading the trivia as well, because obviously, it's changed from nineteen eighty nine. Like, it's obviously different now. They should like always kind of like checking on that on, on that statistic and update it. Yeah, I mean, they could still they could still change that now. But yeah, it's it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's it's always been eight hundred forty seven dollars sixty three cents. But yes, the next piece of trivia, the, the final piece of trivia, the first episode of the show was meant to be some enchanted evening. Uh, but it wound up being the last episode of the first season because when the animation came back, it was so bad that Matt Groening uh, made the whole team start from scratch. You know, I weirdly feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, pretty well-known piece of Simpsons trivia for it's, sure. This is a common, a common thing with like first episodes is they were never meant to be first episodes. Yeah, it happens. It happens quite often, particularly with live-action shows. They'll often like film it out of sequence and stuff like that. So, you 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 you'll hear them saying stuff like, "Oh, like this is the first episode we shot, but it it's the last episode that came out," yeah. or like the first episode was like the the last thing they shot. You know, yeah, it's weird. They, they like they they, they move things always, around. It's always one of the most confusing things, probably, if you ever stuck to someone ever started from the beginning of Simpsons. Is, why is the first episode a Christmas episode? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I always find that weird as well, and, and that's the reason. Because even if you look at Some Enchanted Evening, that kind of is, like, it would be a perfect first episode because it, mm-hmm. it introduces the characters really well and it puts the whole family in a situation together that kind of utilizes their personas really well. Um, so it, it, it makes perfect sense. That being said, the animation thing, like, obviously... They, they they went back and they changed it around and they, they upped the quality of it. But there still are some some dodgy bits because they obviously couldn't change all of it. Like, you, you can tell that the animation came back really crappy. Like, there's some really weird shots where, like, the characters just don't move the way you expect Simpsons characters to move, the way you expect right. this, this world to function. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. All right, let's wrap it up with, uh, with the quiz. Still on 5 out of 10. Uh, let's see, can you beat it this week? You ready? So, question number one. What year did The Simpsons debut? 19. Mm-hmm. 18. Mm-hmm. 1. Oh. That would make it, I got it's 40th season now. <laughs> Hey, what can you do? Um, what's the dog's name? Um, Santa's little helper. Nice. I'd be concerned if you didn't get that one. <laughs> what's Marriage's maiden name? Oh my god! Every time. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad, isn't it? <laughs> uh... It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, Bouvier. <laughs> Question number four: Which character was revealed to be Satan in the show's fourth Treehouse of Horror? Apu. Nah, Ned Flanders. Uh, you not seen that one? The one where he sells his soul for a donut? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, number five: What's the name of the comic book store? You asked me this last week, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I said like Springfield Comics. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely did. Something dungeon. Some, yeah. Is it nerd dungeon? Mm. Sci-fi dungeon. No, actually, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the androids dungeon. Um, number six, name two characters that Nancy Cartwright voices. I'll accept your first four answers. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, the teacher. Um, she doesn't voice the teacher. Oh, no, no. Who? Edna Krabappel? Oh. Um, Bart. Lisa. Nope. Millhouse. Nope. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one point. Um, she voices like Nelson, Ralph, um, Rod and Todd. Um, a lot of the kids, but unfortunately not. Not Lisa or Millhouse. Um, name two characters. Oh yeah, question number seven. What's Moe's surname? Oh, this is a difficult one today. Give me all the name ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of realizing that now as well. Smith. <laughs> Sislak. Um, number eight. What was the name of Ned Flanders' store? Bible shop. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible shop. The Leftorium. You ever seen any of those episodes? He had, a, he had like a, a left-handed store? I don't remember. No? Okay. Uh, two more questions. Um, it looks like you've uh, downgraded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, name, I mean, maybe I was harsh this week. Name Wiggum's two partners. Two what? His two partners, like his, you know, his two police um, counterparts. I can't. No, neither of them. Uh, Lou and Eddie. <laughs> Final question. Your favorite one. What's Smithers' first name? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Eugene. Eugene. I mean, I, that's, a, that's your best one. Yeah, he, he, he does look like a Eugene. Um, but no, it, he's a, a Whalen. <laughs> Ooh, yikes! Maybe I was a bit harsh. I mean, I I wasn't trying to be harder, but I guess they were hard. Um, sorry, buddy. You got a two. Well, that's poor. <laughs> oh well, you win some, you lose some. So your 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 highest score is still five. Five is still the score to beat. Um. Yeah, leaving it on that dire note, I suppose we'll wrap it up from there. Um, we won't be back next week, I don't think, because you're going to Naples for a week? Are you gone for a week? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, we'll be back as soon as possible in yeah. just over a week. Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take a week break because uh, Sebastian's going to be living it up in Italy. Um, but I just wanted to get this one done beforehand, hence why we did over Zoom. Uh, because I didn't want to like keep them waiting for too long when it, when it was a two-parter. Um, yeah, it's all had to be done. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, don't, I really wanted to talk about it, but uh, yeah, thank you guys as always for listening, and we'll we'll check back in two weeks. All right, good luck. Yep, see ya. Bye bye.